Hello and welcome back to Security Insights, the podcast that takes a deeper look at today's most important issues in cybersecurity and beyond. I'm Stephen Pritchard, editor and presenter. In the third part of our series on information security during the pandemic, we look at how the changing threat landscape is not just a response to COVID. Instead, it's being driven more by the longer-term trends in how business uses technology. Where COVID is forcing change, it's by turning internet-connected systems from optional to essential. And organisations are also exposing more of their back-office IT to the internet. And COVID is speeding up changes in employee and customer behaviour. As Paolo Passeri, Cyber Intelligence Principal at Netscope, explains, cyber attacks on the workforce, and targeting remote workers in particular, were on the rise even before the pandemic. So, Paolo, are you seeing any significant changes in the threat landscape, or have you seen any significant changes over the past six months? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, There are many significant changes, and uh, partly they are related to the pandemic and partly they are related to natural evolutions of the threat landscape. For sure, considering the pandemic and the new conditions that people had to face in order to grant business continuity, uh, basically we are seeing an increase in attacks like phishing or uh, attacks that uh, exploit the um, remote workforce. This is quite a natural consequence because in most cases, people had to shift the workers, the employees had to shift to these new conditions nearly overnight and basically without being ready to use the new tools, properly educated to the new threats. If you think about it, if I work inside my office, I have the concept of a physical perimeter Uh, Also, in terms of technology, I am protected by my um, corporate uh, uh, gears like uh, firewalls, proxies, etc. Once I I work from from, uh, my home, uh, basically the perimeter, I am the perimeter and uh, I I have the, 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 I must protect my, my, my device, I must protect the access to my applications. Because of the rapid growth of the crisis, basically, um, too many people found themselves working in these new conditions without, in some cases, the tools or without the proper knowledge, the proper awareness. Um, Not directly related to the pandemic, the other, um, let me say, mega trend that I'm seeing is the continuous evolution of uh, ransomware that... Now we call these attacks a double extortion because basically we know that attackers don't uh, only encrypt the files, but they also ask for, uh, basically they uh, ask for a ransom to not leak the data. And uh, this is obviously (laughs) uh, their need to maximize the possibility of profits. Uh, Since uh, uh, because of the rapid growth of ransomware attacks uh, during the last years, uh, organizations implemented some countermeasures like uh, 
proper backup policies and so on. And of course, this banished the possibility of success of an attack. But today, with the threat of leaking the data, the attackers have an additional possibility to uh, make money from the attack, even if they, their victims have a, a proper backup uh, available. Actually, they are trying to maximize more and more because they now also auction off the data, another possibility to, to get even more money from their uh, illicit activity. And uh, interestingly, I would say that uh, the next evolution could be the triple extortion attacks. There are already some malware samples that... Uh, not only encrypt the data, not only steal the data, but they also, for example, look for other um, um, content they can uh, steal. For example, they try to see if there are credit card uh, data or there, there are post devices into the infected, uh, um, in, in, infected network so that uh, they can uh, also have an, an, an additional possibility to make money from their attack. I would say that uh, these two are the main trends I've been observing in the first half of 2020. And you're saying that those trends were existing prior to the pandemic. Have they accelerated during the pandemic at all? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the first one, the attacks against the workforce, absolutely they have accelerated, not necessarily related to, to COVID, in my opinion. I'm, I mean, uh, the attacks were not necessarily related to, to COVID. I've seen a different uh, statistics and different opinions. Uh, someone say that, uh, for example, uh, Microsoft, uh, according to a, uh, to a research they published uh, on uh, April, uh, they stated that uh, all in all, the percentage of COVID-related phishing attacks uh, was not so high. And I've seen completely different statistics. But uh, regardless of this, if the attack, if the phishing attack it was related to COVID or not, Absolutely, we have seen an increase in these attacks against the remote workforce. The ransomware has also taken partly advantage, ransomware attacks have also taken partly advantage of this situation because basically with the number of, um, uh, with the increase in the remote working, there has been also an increase of uh, systems exposed to the internet and maybe in some cases not properly protected. And this has become one of the uh, most uh, used uh, um, ways for the attackers, for, for the ransomware gangs to break into organizations. Actually, I would say it has also been an unfortunate period because uh, all the main uh, uh, traditional VPN vendors have uh, suffered severe vulnerabilities between the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020. In most cases, they still have severe vulnerabilities that the criminals can exploit. These systems are directly exposed to the internet. And obviously, 
it's uh, they provide the the keys of the kingdom for attackers. The same thing can be said about our uh, other services. For example, exposed via the RDP protocol, many security companies have observed a dramatic increase in attempts to exploit open RDP servers. And of course, the ransomware was already a big threat. Uh, even before the pandemic, also because many gangs started to perform these double extortion attacks. Obviously, these completely new conditions have worsened this uh, scenario. What type of systems are we seeing businesses open up that potentially need additional protection? Keep in mind that uh, every activity that was performed uh, inside the corporate perimeter before with the pandemic had to be performed uh, from outside. So virtually any any service now needs to be open, or more than open, sorry, needs to be accessed from the external. We are talking about uh, directory services. We are talking about internal portals. Everything that before the pandemic was needed for the business and was accessed from the corporate walls now needs to be accessed from outside. Uh, it's, not a, it's, it's not a coincidence that now one of the um, most adopted solutions in the, in the security space is the, uh, is the our private access uh, technologies or zero trust access or, or, or software defined perimeter. Because unlike tra- traditional remote access technologies, these uh, new technologies allow to access from, the, from uh, the external virtually every technology, but without uh, explicitly exposing it to the internet. Keep in mind an RDP server could uh, could be used for everything could uh, could be used to manage an active directory domain could be used to access a legacy application that doesn't use a web interface unfortunately this doesn't make so much difference for the criminals as soon as they see a potentially uh, exploitable open uh, uh, entry point they do it regardless of the application it is used for where do you see the balance of risk at the moment is the risk primarily from external attackers exploiting weaknesses and exploiting the fact that the workforce is now more connected and also more distributed? Or is the risk more lying towards data loss and errors being made by staff using perhaps less secure systems, consumer-based systems, and, and maybe not following existing data protection protocols carefully enough because they're not working in within the four walls of the business as you described it? I see the major risk from external attackers. Also because if you think about it, an internal mistake is immediately exploited by criminals. We, I'm seeing, personally, I'm seeing attacks that are explicitly performed or directly performed by external entity, external threat actors. So they break into an organization exploiting a vulnerability, compromising an endpoint through a phishing attack, etc. But I'm also seeing cases where, for example, a bucket left erroneously exposed with a public access is immediately exploited by criminals. Just to make an example, at the beginning of July, there was a massive operation where criminals were looking for a, a misconfigured Mongol databases open up on the internet. And of course, 
they uh, they looked for these uh, databases to erase the data and leave a ransom note. So this is the case where maybe an, an internal misconfiguration immediately offers an opportunity for an external attacker. So I would say that I see absolutely a majority of external attacks and also in those cases where the data leak starts from uh, an, uh, an internal employee or, or, or a, a, a configuration mistake, it is immediately exploited from criminals. With a new situation, everything is potentially um, exposed in the internet. Most of all, if organizations use legacy technologies that, that don't provide a zero trust access paradigm. Are we seeing also increased attempts to obtain credentials or exploit credentials? And especially again, as organizations have had to rush to provide uh, remote access authentication to their staff. Uh, this was a trend that was already uh, going on because with all the mega breaches that we see on a daily basis, obviously the criminals can harvest the credentials and use these, uh, cre these credentials for, for uh, 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 password spraying attack, brute force attacks, etc. Obviously today this trend has even worsened because there are many more uh, services exposed to the internet. Keep in mind, if I access a service like Google Drive or 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 a, the corporate one, I I mean a corporate Google Suite instance or an Office 365 instance, I have a, a, a login page that is immediately available, and uh, not so many organizations organizations unfortunately, or not enough organizations unfortunately use uh, uh, multi-factor authentication te technologies. So I know that uh, the increase of cloud services, the, the, the usage of cloud services has dramatically increased during the pandemic. I know that there are a massive number of mega breaches where I can look for cred 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 credentials and I can use these uh, credentials and obviously I can try to brute force these uh, systems and, uh, and uh, uh, break into the corporate uh, instances of the cloud services. As we've seen you know, clearly how useful these technologies are, because if we went back even 10 years, it would have been much, much harder for many organizations in public sector as well as in the private sector to continue to operate. But at the same time, we've got these risks now coming to the fore. So where do you think we are in the cycle? Are we now at the point where CISOs need to start talking to the business and say, okay, let's go through what you've done in terms of rapid deployment for the pandemic and let's look at the security and data protection issues that that may have caused. It's a fact, it's a reality that cyber attacks can have huge consequences for the business. And in the last two months, we have seen several examples of high profile companies disrupted. So absolutely, the CISO must talk to the business. And I believe that the step that is absolutely needed is to make these uh, uh, measures that uh, during the pandemic has been done to grant uh, the business continuity. These measures need to become, needs, need to be deployed in a more strategical way and need to be part of the business strategy as well. Also because... I believe that the consequences of the pandemic will change the the the, the way we conceive the office uh, for for good. 
we see more and more companies that are allowing or basically that are yeah that that are allowing the the remote uh, working uh, uh, also after hopefully when the pandemic will be over so this the phase we are living will have permanent consequences and of course it's important that the business is aware of this change and obviously uh, all the security technologies that have been deployed to maybe in a more tactical way to cope with this emergency become part of the business strategy. Is now the right time to start doing this work or or do do you think we need to wait a little bit longer because businesses are still trying to adjust? What's your feeling talking to CISOs? Is the right time, absolutely. Is the right time. There are two mega trends. On one hand, the need to grant uh, security, uh, business continuity and security to the remote workforce. But on the other hand, there are also these mega breaches, these uh, uh, cyber attacks that happened against high-profile targets that have left uh, huge consequences for the business. And uh, absolutely... As I said before, everything that is being done now to cope with this emergency, since this, this situation will be the new normal, will need to be part of the strategy of uh, every organization. So how do you start that conversation? Normally, this, uh, co- this uh, conversation uh, starts directly uh, with, uh, with, the, with the business because uh, their requirement is not only to provide continuity but also to provide continuity in a secure way unfortunately today there are too many examples we don't i mean we uh, we don't use a model where basically you spread fear uncertainty and doubts uh, ah you know the consequences of a cyber attack etc as i said before every day there's in the headlines there's the news of a high profile, but most importantly, the effect of the attack doesn't hand in the reputation damage for the company. Sometimes it has consequences also in the stock exchange market, also in the customer perception of the company. So the best way to face this, uh, this, uh, this argument is, okay, so far, the conditions were different. Your security to grant to uh, grant your business was performed in a certain way. Unfortunately, today this is not the, the right way any longer because you have been forced to open immediately cloud applications. These cloud applications are potentially exposed to everybody, and you need to uh, make these cloud applications accessible in a secure way. One. You can't imagine how many organizations in the public and private sector I've seen changing completely their stance on cloud applications before and after the pandemic. Before the pandemic, in too many cases, the approach to the cloud was, uh, let's say, cautious. Okay, we are partially opening up some cloud applications. We are partially migrating some internal applications to the cloud. 
And, but of course, we are cautious because we don't know yet all the implications in terms of a business continuity, in terms of user experience, in terms of security and so on. In that moment where basically the organizations found themselves in the condition of immediately open these services, immediately migrate applications to the cloud to make them accessible by uh, the, 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 the bigger number of employees as possible. All these concerns, all these considerations made no sense. And as I said before, this will be the new normal because it's impossible to believe that, okay, I took this approach. I'm opening, uh, I'm migrating this application, these applications to the cloud. I'm accelerating the utilization of services like maybe Office 365, et cetera. And once the pandemic is over, I will go back. I will revert to the previous phase. It's obviously impossible. So everything that now has been down, uh, sorry, has been done in a, a very quickly to grant pro, pro, pro productivity, sometimes also at expenses of security, in the future will need to be part of the new normal and will need to be part of the of a complete strategy business plus security to allow external access to the applications to grant the business continuity and obviously to pre to prevent uh, cyber attacks uh, to, or attacks against the, the remote workforce that had some of the consequences that we have seen in the headlines over the past uh, months. So what you're saying then is we're not going back to business how it was in December 2019? I don't think so, honestly. So with that in mind then, is there a process that you would recommend uh, IT security teams and CISOs follow in order to understand where the business is now, what its current security posture is, and also, I think, quite importantly, to understand its attitude to risk, because the attitude to risk has probably changed in the last six months as well. Every um, large organization, or ne necessarily large, I would say that an organization uh, with, a, a, with a, a, the right security posture as a process to assess the level of security needed by the applications. So which is the kind of data they, they uh, process, uh, which are the, the users, the kind of users that need to access to this data, etc. This process will need to be modified, or in some cases it has already been modified, uh, keeping into consideration that now the conditions in which these applications are accessed are different. If you think about to an application that was built to be accessed only from the internal and now need to be accessed by also by people working remotely, of course the the the, the requirements are completely different. Organizations must go through all the applications that were maybe were not conceived to be uh, um published or to be migrated to the cloud so quick so quickly and need needed to perform a new classification based on the on the new conditions and obviously um, based on that need to be to put in, in place the proper security technology and keep in mind that also from a security technology perspective many 
technologies we have been using so far were not conceived to, pro to protect these kind of applications. Uh, I've seen many cases where organizations had problems or they never published uh, an internal application outside before on the internet simply because it could not work with a traditional VPN. Today, they are forced to publish this application. They know that a traditional VPN doesn't work. They know maybe that they need to adopt a new, te a new technology like a, a zero trust access uh, technology. And in the same time, they must make sure that the users, even if they access from the external, access the application from the, with the same level of, sec of security as if they were accessing it from within the corporate perimeter. So absolutely, they need to know what needs to be published, what, which are the kind of, uh, the kind of uh, data, uh, who must access it. I would say a process that is uh, already in place for the organizations with a good security posture, with a valid security posture, but new risk factors need to be taken into consideration in this process, which are basically the fact that this application can be accessed also by external people in every condition with the same level of productivity. Is that likely to be an expensive process? It depends on the level of maturity of the organization. Not so expensive for those organizations who were already cloud first, who had already a strategy to migrate to the cloud, because this has, has led just to an acceleration in this case, rather than building something from scratch. I would say that could be not expensive, but could be more difficult for those organizations who looked at the cloud with more uh, uh, diffidence, or maybe for which the cloud was not a priority and found themselves to be uh, to be to 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 accelerate or to actually to change their plans i mean uh, to be honest uh, the cloud was already a, 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 a something that was uh, uh, in the in the crosshair of many organizations as part of the digital tra tra transformation strategy the difference was that many, uh, maybe some organizations were postponing the, those projects. Uh, in those cases, of course, uh, this rapid acceleration or this change of plan could be more, uh, could be harder because these companies were not pre prepared. In other cases, as I said before, some organizations were already ready for this or had already a process uh, compatible with this uh, situation and they just uh, found themselves to accelerate their plans. So in some cases, say, they've just brought forward investment that they might have already been, been doing. Are you, though, are you optimistic about the outlook? I'm optimistic. The fact that uh, so many companies are making the remote uh, working as something, let me say, permanent means that uh, they have noticed some benefits in terms of productivity or they haven't noticed any difference. So absolutely, this is the first lessons learned. So they have also realized maybe that they can save some money, even if this will have maybe some other 
consequences in the economic ecosystem, but absolutely the fact that many organizations are extending these measures also beyond the pandemic, it's already a lesson learned. From a security standpoint, the growth of new technologies specifically conceived to protect uh, cloud cloud resources or to grant the access to internal services is a lesson learned because uh, organizations are, even from a security standpoint, realizing that this condition would be permanent. They are, uh, maybe in some cases, unfortunately, they have learned the hard way that the legacy security posture was not suitable to cope with this new situation and the investments in cloud security or in zero trust solutions are already another signal that uh, basically organizations believe that uh, this condition will be permanent, believe that the lack of these solutions before was behind some of the breaches we have seen in this period and uh, we are taking the proper countermeasures. The fact that uh, the workforce measures are extending beyond the pandemic is the most important lesson learned because it means that uh, organizations are confident both in terms of security and in terms of productivity. Netscope's Paola Passeri on how organisations can draw from their experience during the pandemic to become both more effective and more secure. Our next programme and our final instalment in our series on the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on security goes out in two weeks' time, on Tuesday, October the 20th. Our guest then is Mark Ward, Senior Research Analyst at the Information Security Forum. I hope you can join us. That, though, is all for this week's episode. You can catch up on past episodes in this series on our website, securityinsights.co.uk, and, of course, on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Meanwhile, thank you for listening.